When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everyone and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. Um, Myself, Chris Beasley, are joined by uh, Sam and Adam there, both in their same shot, and uh, Gavin Buckland. As we um, discussed the aftermath of Everton's disappointing 2-0 defeat at Southampton at the weekend and... uh, an epic journey for, for many um, Blues fans and many coming down from Merseyside, including uh, obviously Adam and Conor O'Neill, as usually you might have been following their fortunes online over the weekend. Unfortunately, um, it was all disappointing as well. Um, Adam, after what we saw against Leeds United, hopes were high that it was going to be a, a, another decent showing for the, for the Blues, but it was anything but in the end. Yeah, it just kind of sums up the difference there. Everton have got in their home form and their away form at the minute, doesn't it? I mean, I think thanks to Burnley's win at Brighton, uh, while Everton were playing against Southampton, Everton now have the worst away record in the entire Premier League, which is you know a pretty a pretty damning statistic, and it kind of shows just how much these players are affected by you know the, the away crowds. And you know, I, I don't think it was necessarily a, a raucous crowd at Southampton by any means, uh, but they just didn't really react to the pressure that the hosts put on. You know, the first 10, 15 minutes, they were, they were on the front foot a little bit, didn't get that early goal this time as they did against Leeds United yeah. uh, last weekend. And that kind of really affected them. Southampton grew into the game a bit more, started to get a couple of chances and it looked as if Everton's heads dropped. Everton's heads certainly dropped when uh, when Southampton scored their first goal. And, you know, they just didn't really recover from that point. So, you know, it, it, it is really disappointing because... I, I understand Southampton have only lost once at home all season, and you know they've they've been in pretty decent form recently. But you know, that is a, that is the kind of game where after you've just had a, a rousing victory over a side like Leeds, you're going into a game against another you know high energy sort of tenacious side. You you would have thought that Everton would have been able to put in you know some sort of similar style of performance, but as you say, it was anything but. They were just completely off the pace, losing every fifty fifty. Every second ball, uh, Southampton were first to. And it's those kinds of things that are going to lose your Premier League matches every single time. So it, it, was, you know, it was a really frustrating journey to try and get down there. But, you know, yeah. I, I would argue it was probably even worse trying to trying to make it back up to Merseyside after that performance. Yeah. I mean, Gav, you'd, you'd warned us, hadn't you, to be fair, beforehand that you thought that Brentford and Leeds United had been quite compliant opponents for Everton and uh, Southampton were much... Um, Tough and not to crack in the end. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Said after the, the Brentford game, after both games, that uh, they'd made it easy. Both teams have made it easy for us at Goodison. I mean, you're going to see the number of goals leads have shipped uh, recently and, and yesterday. Um, so I, I said that I didn't judge our progress from the Lampards by those two matches. Uh, I felt that Southampton was a fair test of where we are on Saturday and um, we failed that test. Miserably, didn't we? Um, it was as an abject away performance as Newcastle was. And um, it, 
I don't, I don't get, I get this home and away thing a little bit, but to me, it's yeah. more to do with over the last month, uh, over who we played at home. Let's face it, we've had the problem in home matches before Lampard got the job, haven't we? So I don't think it's rings through to me, yeah. but um, when you look at the fixtures, it may be the home home games that are going to have to bail us out. Yeah, I mean, Sam, I know you were um, you were almost taken aback, like a lot of us were, by the, how well things went against um, Leeds United. But I mean, how disappointing is it to have the come down after that for displays like that against Southampton? I think it just shows where we are as a as a squad, doesn't it? In terms of the players who who you know got rave reviews for the way they played against Leeds. You know, Alex Awobi, for example, had a really good game and then couldn't quite recreate it or recreate it at all against Southampton. And, you know, you look through that squad and a lot of players have struggled with consistency for whatever reason while playing for Everton. You know, Andre Gomez looked brilliant against Brentford. You know, everyone was kind of thinking, can Lampard be the man to unlock that Gomez? We... We've certainly seen for the first maybe six months of his loan from Barcelona and then seen one person put on Twitter after the Southampton game that it was the worst 45 minutes he'd ever seen from an Everton player. So not quite sure if they'd watch Pear Crawler up against the uh, Aston Villa, but it, it does just show. You know, Alan, another one who, who I feel like when we win, looks really good and really helps the team. But when we lose, and, and I know there on Saturday that early booking didn't help, but... You know, a player of his experience in, in the midfield having to be hooked to half-time because he, he was just on a one-way street to, to being sent off. Uh, not that he was being too effective anyway, I don't think. It, it, it's difficult to contend with. And then, uh, you know, like there's other factors then. You know, Adam wrote a piece today about Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He's obviously not up to speed fitness or match fitness-wise. So that's a difficult one with him. Then you've got younger players like Anthony Gordon kind of getting the first proper run in, in senior football and and it all just kind of adds up as a team who are where we, sh- we deserve to be where we are in the league right now and it's very worrying because we need more League United performances than we do the ones we've shown against Southampton but as you lads have rightly said it only feels like we're going to get those performances at home and it also kind of feels like things are only going to get worse before they get better with the next two games being Manchester City and Tottenham yeah I mean Adam, do you think that Frank Lampard will have learned a lot from what happened at St Mary's on Saturday? I mean, it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Like uh, in his post-match press conference, he he said it was an eye-opening experience for him, especially with the way that his side reacted to going a goal down. Which uh, you know, I, I think is probably kind of interesting. And I, I suppose if you're not you know inside Everton uh, week in week out throughout the season, maybe you wouldn't you wouldn't be. Uh, you wouldn't be aware of how how much the players' heads do drop, but you know we have we have seen that happen a, a few times this season. I know Everton have clawed a, a lot of points back from losing positions this this season in the Premier League. I think the the fourth best team at doing that in the Premier League so far this season. So, but a lot of that was coming much earlier in the season, wasn't it? So, yeah, like I think that may, might have been the only real surprise for him, to be honest. Though I think you know, in terms of Everything else, he, he was talking about Everton reverting to type, and you know it was. It, I think he was completely spot on. You know, we we kept lumping the ball forwards, especially like I noticed this in the first half. We were lumping the ball forwards towards our full back position, especially with Anthony Gordon 
on our left flank. We were we were lumping the ball forward to him, and he was in in an aerial battle with Tino Livramento uh, for Southampton, and Livramento was winning every single ball. I, I just don't know why we persisted with doing that uh, on the other flank. Iwobi couldn't. Well, I think that's that's a bit of an issue that Iwobi couldn't beat Kyle Walker Peters for a lot of those. Uh, for a lot of those challenges, I'm pretty sure Kyle Walker Peters was the smallest man on the pitch, so that's a that's a bit of a concern. But even when we were lumping it forwards to the likes of Dominic Calvert Lewin, you know, Sully Sue and Bednarek, I think were were really strong for Southampton at the back. So the fact that we we very quickly reverted to that after a ten or fifteen minute period where we actually looked like we might be in the same vein as against Leeds, we we were we were energetic, we were dogged, we were creating you know, half chances on the edge of the box. But I think it was a bravery issue, to be honest. We weren't willing to make those mistakes. We weren't willing to try and play that riskier sort of pass through the middle that might have set up a chance. And, you know, by the time those first 15 minutes had gone, essentially the game had gone, which was, you know, it's probably really frustrating for Frank Lampard to see. And, you know, it's... I think that's probably why he called it an eye-opening experience because I don't think he'll necessarily be surprised by that because he knows where Everton are in the table. He knows exactly the job that he's taken on in terms of uh, becoming Everton manager, and you know he's got to he's got to change a lot about this side in a very short space of time to be able to implement the style that he wants and to be able to get the results that Everton need for the rest of the season. So I'm not sure he'll necessarily. Be surprised, but you know, it, I, I think just maybe the scale of the task ahead was was on full display there because you know that 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 again was just a as Gav says, it was just as bad as the Newcastle game, if not worse. You know, zero shots on target, no big chances created. We just never really looked like probably the closest we got to scoring was a VAR check for a handball, which is. Yeah. You know, in another circumstance, I think we probably would have got that penalty, and I think it should have been a penalty. But you can't you can't rest on that as being your only your only big chance of the game. It, it's 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 a bit embarrassing to be honest. So yeah, I, I think it's it's just one for Lampard to try and push behind this team and 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 move on from. But the problem that we've got is if we keep putting in those performances away from home, we've got some really really tough fixtures at home. Uh, you know, we, we're saying the Goodison Park form is going to be key for us, but you know we've got Man City next up with Goodison. You know that's that, that's going to be a, it's going to be such a tough game. So we do need to start picking up points away from home. We need to find some sort of style of play away from home, which is is going to suit us. And you know we we can't be having our heads down and or reverting to type as Lampard says. So yeah, maybe that maybe that'll be a bit surprising to him. Maybe just the, the, how. How quickly our heads went, and you know the scale of the scale of how much we we just lacked in any sort of confidence. So, fingers crossed, Lampard can find the way around that. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Gav, um, Adam talks about those tactics. Uh, I mean, does that concern you? Does it mean that do Everton have to play differently than they are doing away? from Goodison Park than they're doing in the home matches in order to start picking up points in the road? Um, I think just have to start playing differently full stop, don't we? Yeah. Um, home and away. So I'm not totally convinced about the home and away thing. Um, I think if we pick up a home, I would expect us to pick up away, um, to be honest with you. Um, I think it's like on Saturday, 
it's out. You know, we look we don't mean the centre of midfield. I mean, they they played four across the middle, but Armstrong tucks in, doesn't he? So um, we were out, out, outnumbered in the middle of the park. Not for the first time by Southampton, who've caused us problems in that area over the last few years. So I think tactically, um, you perhaps need to rethink in, in the middle. But then we haven't got the numbers, have we? You know, yeah. we play four three three. Gomez would be the third midfielder. Well. Yeah. Probably unless the core comes back, so it's easier said than done. Chris, we've got we've got a lack mm. of options. I mean, we've got a lack of options in in defence. It would it would help if uh, Calvert Lewin um, showed a bit more. Um, choose your words carefully here. Enthusiasm. I thought he was woeful on Saturday, and that's I don't harsh. care anybody. That's harsh. Yeah. I think I, I I really think that's harsh. Yeah, I, I just, I just thought, I just thought he was poor. Ad, to be honest with you, yeah, this is fair. Summed up by the fact, you know, the one thing that annoys me in football is, you know, our disallowed goal is mm-hmm. we know that the ball is going to be put into the area at some point. I know he messed up the corner, and you got three or four players who were just yeah, four, four of them were all offside. Like yeah, well, that's Sunday league stuff. Uh, you know, and Calvin Lewin's form is, is a concern for me. It's yeah. either it's either not fit, uh, and that's that's a concern, and that's affected his performances, or he is fit and has not shown not shown any form that he's capable of. The form, sorry, the form that he's capable of, and those two things are issues for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I just didn't, I didn't think he was. I thought he was poor on Saturday. Uh, I get like the service wasn't great, but good centre forwards. And this is one of his weaknesses in the game, create things for themselves, make things happen for themselves, don't rely on other people. I know Lampard spoke about it afterwards, but the best strikers make things happen. Yeah. Around I mean, them. And I I I can't I, and I get some of the service is not great, but it's something that he, he needs to work harder on about making things happen for himself. Yeah. I think the truth can lie somewhere in the middle, kind of, in that. You know, I think it, it would be harsh to describe him as as woeful coming back from from injury, and he's not the kind of striker who is going to pick the ball up on the halfway line, beat three men, and, and kill one into the top corner. You know, when he had that brilliant kind of run of form under Ancelotti, it was it was the service he was he was getting, wasn't it? You know, he, he's a he's a eighteen yard box, six yard box poacher kind of striker on his on his day. But I think for Calvert Lewin, I think the thing is now you, you've got to wipe the the slate clean one. I think as we've been speaking here, he's been interviewed by the club website about his injury and, and coming back and, you know, his frustrations about his fitness and, and perhaps even his performances. So I think you've basically just got to wipe the slate clean with him now to the end season and, and say to him, score the goals to, to keep us in the Premier League. You know, this, this season has been a bit of a right, well, it's been a write-off for Everton and it, it's becoming a bit of a write-off for Calvert-Lewin. You know, at the same time last season was one of the, the hottest strikers in in England, scored his way into the Euro squad that was kind of had an abundance of attack and talent. So I, I think he's a he's a both right in in certain respects. But you know we know what Calvert Lewin is good at, and I think once we get through the City and, and Tottenham games, which I'm not saying you know we can't win because City are home, we can. Tottenham are still just as inconsistent sometimes as we are. But once we get through them, we've got to get back to basics and. Get balls in the box for him, for him to attack and for him to feed off. You know, he wasn't lucky not to score against Leeds, really, wasn't he? And 
when he set up Coleman with, with that little lunge. So I think now it's it's just a little bit of a waiting game with Calvert-Lewin and, uh, and he's he's got to kind of repay the the faith that Everton have shown in him since he since he joined now and, and get those goals for us, I think. Can I just make one, one, one point? Sorry, I know we want to move stuff on. I get that, Sam, completely. And I get, you know, probably over egg though, woeful, but I thought it was poor. Um, and But top strikers do more than just stand around the 18-yard box waiting for people to put on the play for him. You know, if he wants to be a top striker, he's got to do more than that. I, I, I understand that in, in every other game, but for this Southampton game, the only time he was receiving the ball was a long ball forward. So he'd, he'd either have to drop back 40 yards to pick it up on his chest or he was flicking it onto somebody else and he had nobody within, you know, 10, 15 yards of him. So it, like, I'm kind of like, I, I just don't know what, what else he could have, what else he could have done in the, in that particular scenario. I don't know what else he could have done. Richarlison looks, looked more effective to me on Saturday. And I, I, mm. you can never accuse Richarlison of not putting the shift in. And, and comparing the two of them on Saturday, I think, you know, I think there was a clear difference in their effectiveness. And I just think, as I say, it, I, I get the the, the, the the fitness thing, but going back to what we said at the start of the pod, if we're going to win games, you want your number nine being fit, don't you? So that's an issue to us anyway, isn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, regardless of the, the reasons behind it, Adam, um, I guess it's got to be a concern, though, hasn't it? That um, was it. Uh, Twenty-one goals last season from Calvert Lewin. So um, team have missed that this season. He started this season free and free, but he hasn't scored since he came back and uh, start of January. So for whatever those reasons are, the fact that he isn't finding the back of the net has, has got to be um, a worry for, for Frank Lampard. I said, well, I think the the person that it's going to worry most is probably Dominic Calvert Lewin. Yeah. I think he's, he's going to be just as frustrated as anybody else that he's not finding the back of the net at the minute. And, I, you know, I, I agree with Sam that he was probably a little bit unlucky that he didn't score against Leeds. I think he, he put in a really good performance against Leeds. Uh, he was denied by a really good save by Melier in the first half. As Sam said as well, you know, he set up Coleman for that, uh, for that first goal as well, that diving header. And, you know, on another day, he probably would have put that in the back of the net himself. So, you know, that was, that, that was a... A match where we saw where we saw Everton playing in the right sort of manner, and you know, given Calvert Lewin the sort of opportunities that he can take in the future. So if we if we play more to that manner, I do think that you know, one to one goal comes for Calvert Lewin. You know, he, 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 like I think he more than Richarlison, for example, is a is a confidence sort of player. Once he gets that one goal under his belt, I do think that it, you know his confidence will build and he'll start he'll start putting up. Those kind of performances that we saw last season, and hopefully we'll see him become that sort of eighteen-yard box poacher again. But you know, until, until that like first goal comes, the Everton have just got to play in the right way for him and give him the right sort of chances. You know, Frank Lampard said after the game this weekend that Everton can't use Calvert Lewin as a battering ram, and I do think that's kind of what we were trying to do at, at, at times at the weekend. You know, it was it was very much just long balls forward to him. I don't think I don't think Calvert Lewin really received the ball to feet much at all, to be honest, across his time on the pitch against Southampton, which, you know, maybe isn't isn't his strength, but you know, as a as a striker, you're gonna want the ball into feet at at so in some capacity at some point. And he just never really got the chance to either have a shot on goal or link up the play at the top end of the pitch. So, you know, I think it's hard for Calvert Lewin because 
obviously he's going to be frustrated at his own form. And I'm, I'm not saying that he's that he's necessarily playing amazingly well. Obviously, he does have he, he does still have to improve. I don't think he's match sharp. That's only going to come with time. Uh, I do think that you know certain aspects of his game, you know, his his whole up play is probably not as good as it was last season. You know, his his sort of natural finishing is just kind of a bit off since he's returned from his injury as well. But I think that only the, the only way you're going to be able to solve that is is with time. And you know, I understand that Everton patience at Everton is you know pretty few and far between at the minute, given the circumstances that we find ourselves in the Premier League. But you know, this is. This is just the unfortunate situation that Calvert-Lewin finds himself in, and I think what what should be promising about this is that he's got he's got all of the right character to be able to put in a hundred percent every game. You know, he's going to give it his all for the team, and you know, hopefully, hopefully that will lead to a to an improved goal output over over the course of the next couple of months. Because you know, as I say, like maybe it's just wishful thinking from me, but I do think that once once that first goal comes, then you know they might they might start a you might open the floodgates a little bit as it were and you know that that could be that could be the difference from now and the end of the season you're gonna have to hope it is because <laughs> otherwise because otherwise I I don't know I don't know what is going to be the the savior for us. Sorry, sorry, Chris, to to carry on this subject. No, it's, right. it's tied into like basically between now and the end of the season. Is this is one of the issues for us that actually. The way Frank Lampard wants to play football, you know, quick passes into the strikers and movements and, you know, like we saw it against Leeds. That's not necessarily Carvert-Lewin's strength, is it really? Mm. Carvert-Lewin's strength is a different type of way of playing that we did at the start of last season. So, to make... So, there's, there's, a, there's a mismatch there, isn't it? You've yeah. either got it... Frank's either got to change but his natural style of management and natural style of play to accommodate Carvert-Lewin. Or Calvert Lewin's got to accommodate and do better some of the stuff to adapt to the way Frank Lampard sets his teams teams up, and there's a bit of a mismatch there for me. And this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying is that Calvert Lewin needs to show more, yeah. more all round uh, ability. Um, I was watching Harry Kane on Saturday night, yeah, and that's how to play like a sense forward. I'm not saying that Calvert Lewin. You know, is like Harry Kane now. No, but he's he's got that's the type of thing he needs to aspire to. You know, he's got to he's got to get more. You know, develop more tools to his game. And one of them being, if he wants to play for a Frank Lampard team, is lay the ball off quickly, better with your back to goal. You know, greater understanding of where your teammates are, and so that that's a challenge for him. Um, and getting fully fit as well, though. Um, I think that's an issue. But yeah, it's an interesting discussion how. Calvert-Lewin fits in with the Frank Lampard team, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. It certainly said that, you know, Rafa brought those wingers in, didn't he, over the summer to play to Calvert-Lewin's strengths in that respect. And then, you know, whatever we think of Benitez or not, you know, he was denied Calvert-Lewin for four months of the season there. So, yeah, it's it, it has totally changed. Um, Sam, Calvert-Lewin's the sort of player who's, like we said, we can't, Question his character. Certainly, I, I don't think so. I think that he's always 100% sort of player for you. But we can't say that as the team of a whole. Just as a concern, is it for you that there's some sort of mental issue here between the sort of performances they're producing against Leeds one week and then Southampton seven days later? I know it's different opponents, different circumstances, but it is a characteristic of this team, this woeful inconsistency. 
think it is difficult, isn't it? It's difficult, you know. We, we don't we don't quite know these people personally. You know, we can only see the snippets of media and stuff they do. So I don't know if if weak weak mentally is a little bit too harsh. But there's definitely there's definitely characters in those team who in that team who struggle sometimes when the the going gets tough and. You know, for for someone like me who grew up kind of exclusively in the in the David Moyes era, that that was one thing yeah. that you know we, we seemingly always had players who were the majority of the time up for the fight, and especially when the, the going did get tough, and in some of those David Moyes seasons when we were kind of fighting against it at the wrong end of the table, you, you would have these players who would come up trumps, and there's a worrying thing with Everton at the moment now when when Southampton scored on on the weekends. I don't know about anyone else, but I just knew it was game over. But once once we went one nil down, you just not we could have played that game for four hours and we wouldn't have scored a goal. You, it sometimes when you watch Everton, you'd almost get a sense. It, and even though we took the lead against Newcastle, those opening five or ten minutes when we couldn't string two or three passes together and the players looked nervous and, and a little bit erratic and, and jumpy. I just remember sitting there just like, we'll lose this. And and it's weird, you know, and I know people might say that's the wrong mentality. To, to have, but you know, I suppose that there's not much you can do to thingy the game when you when you're sitting at home or sitting in the stands watching it. So my biggest worry is that we seem to have a lot of confidence players, you know, and, and confidence players. Maybe if you're a striker or a winger, is okay uh, sometimes. But someone like Michael Keane, for example, you know, if he's got Goodison behind him and he's playing well, he, he can look like one of the best defenders in the Premier League on his day. But when things aren't quite going his way. It's almost sometimes the camera goes on him and he and he looks petrified and you know he's the senior centre half out there you know it, it can't be like that and again on Saturday there was, there was too many who kind of wilted under under that pressure you know we'd had a a great result the previous weekend against a team that you know on paper we we should be beaten we should be better than and it was a big opportunity to make a statement and probably if you win that game you're starting to look forward rather than behind you but yeah the the character of the team is is a massive concern and you know we spent money on players like Fabian Delft to to kind of bring in a different mentality you know we signed players from Barcelona and and teams like this and it just it just hasn't happened for whatever reason and there is such a a massive rebuild that's needed despite all that money we've spent and you know, not just on good footballers, but on on good characters, on strong characters. You know, you, you look at some of the top teams in the Premier League, and they do have real leaders and and real forces of nature in terms of their football and personality, and and we are sadly lacking in that department. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Adam, do, do you obviously Frank's got his own ideas, and he'll try and implement them. In time, do you think that, that there are enough characters in that squad between now and the, the end of the season to, 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 to see them over the line in that respect? Um, <laughs> stuff isn't it going on, going on a going on the record of recent seasons, then you've you've got to seriously bring it into question. But yeah. you know, I do think that you know we're missing the likes of Ben Godfrey, who's turned himself into a big leader from the back. Yeri Mean has obviously been a big leader from the back as well. We've been missing him. Uh, Abdoulaye Decore, I think he completely ch- changes the complexion of Everton's midfield uh, when he comes back to full fitness as well. And, you know, th- these are these are 
Yeah, these are that well, they're three starting players essentially, aren't they? Right down the spine of Everton's team that uh, that the, that they're missing probably you know, on, on a couple of cases might be missing them for uh, another week or so. Uh, in Yeni Mina's case, we're probably still missing him for another well, at least another month, which is you know, which is a bit frustrating, but you know, I, I do think that having players like that coming back into the team is certainly going to help, but. It, need, it needs the rest of the players to stand up and be counted in these sort of situations as well. I mean, you know, we you look at the you look at the captain this weekend, Seamus Coleman. You know, was he was he really the sort of motivating force that you'd want from your captain in this sort of situation? You know, we went in we went into the halftime break. Yeah, we've been we've been under the cosh a little bit uh, in the twenty minutes before the halftime whistle, but we went in we went into the break nil nil. You know that should have been a time when you know the the leaders in your squad are getting into everybody else and in the dressing room and going, come on, we're still in this. You know if we get if we get the goal here, then they they're the ones on the back foot. They're the ones who are going to be frustrated. You know we all we need to do is raise our levels a little bit and we can and we can get back in this. And you know they just they, they just never really seemed to be that from from Everton in the second half. You know we yeah. we conceded that goal in you know really sloppy circumstances. You know Michael Keane's pass was really frustrating to Gomez. Gomez just wasn't up to the speed of the game, really lightweight in that challenge. And suddenly we're uh, suddenly we're one nil down. And you know, from that moment, I think the most frustrating thing that Lampard's gonna see is that, you know, there wasn't any sort of rallying cries from it, anybody on the pitch. You know, there wasn't there wasn't anybody going, come on, like we're only one nil down. We can get back in this. It was it was very much a a heads down sort of moment, and you know it, Sam's not going to be the only one uh, who watched that game at the weekend. And as soon as we went one nil down, thought to themselves, "Oh well, that's that's it. Then that's game over." Yeah, you, um, you know it, it looked like a lot of the players on the pitch thought in that manner as well. So, you know, yeah, I do, I do think Everton do have characters in the squad that can come in and you know can can make a difference. I would say even you know Fabian Delph, even when it when he's when he's fit, you know he can offer something from the bench at least and he's got he's got a bit of character about him as well but you know in, in terms of you know having consistent characters uh as part of the squad you know Everton need Everton need a lot of those players who started on Saturday to stand up and be counted in that respect and I don't think I don't think any of them really did I think you know probably Everton's best outfield player was Mason Holgate but I don't think he was necessarily a leader from the back in any sort of sense. I think it was just his individual, you know, putting in a few good tackles, good interceptions, didn't really make any mistakes, that sort of thing from Holgate. I think he was he was really solid, but you know, and I, and I suppose it's it's a it's maybe a little bit harsh to look towards a 25 year old who's been in and out of the team throughout the season to be, you know, that leader and that character. But Everton needs somebody to stand up and be counted in that sense because you can't just rely on, you know, a return and Godfrey or a return and right to to really change things in that respect everybody on the pitch needs to need needs to accept that responsibility and you know at the, at the minute especially away from home it doesn't look like anybody's anybody's ready to stand up and do that which i think has become something of a something of a concern for lampard yeah gav obviously you're our stats man uh, the club's official statistician and just let me run this one by you um read this one out um Everton's haul of 22 points from the first 23 games in the Premier League this season is their worst tally at this stage of a top-flight campaign 
since 1950-51, obviously brought with three points for a win as an adjustment. When they also had 22 um, points and were relegated at the end of the season. I guess that show obviously very different circumstances now, a very different sort of game being played. But it does sort of show you that, you know, that historically this this is a bad position for Evan to be in at this stage of the season. And as much as we yeah. thought that um, the Leeds United results stopped the rot there and it really needed to, results didn't really go their way elsewhere at this weekend. And they're far from out of danger at this stage. No, the only saving grace is that there's probably, what, six clubs looking for three places, yeah. um, maybe seven. Um, and there's teams down there that are struggling as well. So that all, you know, I think it's been well proven over the last few years that 40 points is a bit of a myth, isn't it, really? Um, yeah. Because the top clubs get so many points per season, extra than what they used to. Um, 10, 15 years ago. So you're talking three or four wins, just where they're coming from, isn't it? Um, if we don't go down, that it may be due to the fact that there's teams who are worse than us. But as you say, we've got some tough fixtures, haven't we? We've got to go to Burnley. You know, the teams that are in the round just got to go to Burnley, got to go to Watford. Yeah. You know, they won't be... They won't be uh, easy. Um, it goes back to what I was saying the other week. You say you need three or four wins from, or four or five wins then from 18 matches. But actually, when you take away the games that you're not going to win, which we know what they are, all of a sudden it becomes four or five wins from eight, eight games, which is a completely different uh, equation, isn't it? And I think that's still, still the case. So, um, yeah, and... Our trajectory is going downwards, isn't it? Where there's a couple of teams below us who are showing signs of life. Yeah. Which is the worrying thing, isn't it? Like Burnley. Wofford mm. have just got Hudson in. He'll make them tough to beat. The saving grace there as well is like Brentford's a tanking on at the moment. Yeah. And Leeds are to a degree. Yeah. So, so say, you know, saying that they've got more points than us, haven't they? Yeah. I know there's games in hand and stuff, but you don't win on get in for the next two games there's a possibility isn't it we might be in the bottom three yeah it's like, yeah like like you said Sam obviously these crucial two big games you'd, you'd hardly call them free hits given the position that they're, they're ever in a, a, a end. but it's almost I suppose Frank's um, said from the start not to, to panic he does see the bigger picture there's plenty of games still left to play but then um, I think that'll be enough to uh, think that Obviously, there's a lot of uh, good will for Frank Lampard at, at the moment, but um, that like um, carry Everton um, over between now and, and May. It's just strange, isn't it? Looking at the table here and with what Gav's saying, but, but, but let us just say you need 40 points. That would leave us needing 18 points from 15 games. In any other season, you know, you'd be hoping to. You, well, you'd have complete faith that we'd we'd walk that, you know, that is three or four yeah. wins and a, and, a, and a few draws, four or five wins. But, yeah, th- there is a real concern this season that you just don't know. You know, all those games we've turned up to, like Watford, and you end up losing that 5-2. You go one and up at Newcastle, you lose that. All these kind of unexpected, we got beat at Norwich. Uh, we, we've been so poor against the teams kind of below us in, in the table, especially away from home. So... 
and and for for as, for as bad as some of the teams are, it's been an interesting season so far in that there is a lot of teams taking points off each other, and I don't think any team in the usually by this stage in the Premier League you, you'd have one or two, you know, you are thinking a cut adrift or seem odds on to go down, but Norwich, Burnley, Watford, Newcastle will, will all be confident of of staying in the Premier League. I think with, with recent games, so. I, I, I'd like to think we'll have enough just just from 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 being at home, but you know there's a there's a bigger question to be asked if we can secure safety this season. Which you know it's mad, isn't it, that we are sitting here with all that money spent with this brilliant new stadium on the horizon, and we're worrying about staying in the Premier League. You know, it is a little embarrassing, but there's then the bigger picture of okay, we were restricted by financial fair play. We appointed the manager who, who didn't work out, but how then, how good a manager is Frank Lampard if, say, if we stay in the league this season, but we finish 15th, 16th, 17th, it's probably going to be a slow process. You know, we can't just rely on the fact, you know, that we are a historic club. You know, we have won a lot of titles and trophies in the past, but, you know, you can't just magically move up the table. You know, you, you need a, a formula, you need success in the transfer market, you need the right people behind the scenes. And I think what Frank Lampard's first games in charge have shown is it's it's an absolutely mammoth task that he's got at Everton. And I honestly think maybe after Southampton on the on the coach home on Saturday, he might have understood that a little bit more. And you know, Frank's been excellent since he came in. He said all the right things. He's brought in a brilliant backroom team. You know, it is generally exciting to see people like Paul Clemens and Ashley Cole in the training videos. And I am positive that they will have. An impact, but this is this is a big, big task. And as we're saying, you've got two games coming up now where you could then be suddenly after after that morale boost and win at Leeds against Leeds. Realistically, what we could be then on the back of three defeats. You know, let's hope that it's not the case. Even getting a point at home against City, I think, would feel like a massive result. Same away at Spurs, but I think what we really need to see in these next two games is performances. You know, I think. If if they get in City's faces and they have a good go and they don't they don't just roll over, then I think at least that starts to set a little bit of a little bit of a benchmark. But yeah, it, it is generally worrying and it's hard, isn't it? You know, as Frank said, I think since he come in, you know, for supporters, for all of us on this podcast, especially and everyone listening, you know, whatever you say, and as you grow up, maybe you you kind of lose the the thing of when you're a kid and you're you're a massive fan, and sometimes it was all you think about. But it, it, it's hard, isn't it? You know, we all we all love Everton and we all. Have spent so much of our time and our money and our lives on Everton, and and at, like this is probably the most I've ever been worried about getting relegated, and and you worry about what the kind of long term ramifications that would be. So if Frank can uh, keep us up this season, it, 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 that first of all would be a great job. But I'm I'm not expecting no short term fixes at this point. I'm not too sure how much catharsis we got out of that, but um. <laughs> I, I'll see you later. I'm, I'm, I'm a negative one today. Yeah. <laughs> um, Adam's made it back safely and uh, eventually, and uh, all those other fans, and we, you know, our, our thoughts go out to them because not only supporting the team in difficult circumstances, all those transport issues that they faced over the weekend. I mean, the only thing I can say to finish with is perhaps we've given that um, Everton's such poor form against those teams below them. Um, Maybe just maybe against Manchester City, you know, they might come up trumps um, come Saturday evening. But obviously, we'll be back to preview that one uh, later in the week. Um, so 
thanks for that, guys. And uh, yeah, you've been there. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.